everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Embodied Experience with Lauren and Sylvie. My name is Sylvie and I am pleased to kick off episode 19. And today we're going to be talking about people-pleasing. Lauren and I have really been interested in the idea of um, external and internal validation and attachment theory and understanding all the different ways in which we relate to ourselves and the people around us and figuring out how to attract and maintain healthy relationships and letting go of those that may be unhealthy or toxic and so naturally we we were able to connect today um, earlier and, and we started thinking like huh a lot of this um, can, a lot of what we've learned and discovered comes from some of our experiences as being people pleasers at times. And um, I know I can speak for myself, people pleasing is something I've done for so many years without necessarily recognizing it or understanding how it had an effect on my life. And just wanted to kind of air that out because... I think some of us have those natural tendencies very strongly within us and from the the work and the work I've done on myself and in reflecting on it I think people pleasing for me comes from this idea that perhaps at some level I'm not worthy enough or valuable enough and so I need to please others to gain their approval almost as like a compensation and so I would I have found myself being in situations or relationships in which I feel like I'm putting the needs of others and their opinions above my own. And um, in that short term, it feels like a way to gain connection. But in the long term effect, it drives the connection I have with myself further and further um, away. Meaning, I, you know, when, when I prioritize how other people feel over my own feelings, first of all, those relationships will tend to shift to an inauthentic um, kind of vibe, if you will. Um, and then resentment and anger towards myself may start to harbor. And I may not even realize these things are happening, but yet something might feel off. And so I just wanted to have an open discussion about, you know, the stories and examples in which we've seen this play out in our lives and hopefully spread some some light for others. Uh, it's taken me being in healthy relationships and having um, talks and with myself about recognizing what it is I feel recognizing um, how much I do bring to the table and also just acknowledging that I'm a human being and I'm worthy just innately. And so starting to live for what I want while being respectful of others and their feelings um, has kind of helped me to, to, to separate myself from this people-pleasing sort of tendency. So... Lauren, I'm going to pass this over to you because I could, I would love to go into this further and just want to get your thoughts on what 
comes to your mind as we start to bring this topic up? It's a really great point you bring up, Sylvie. Uh, People pleasing is definitely a much needed topic to just kind of put some light on. I think that a lot of people that struggle with this, um, they struggle with it because the validation piece, you know, they, they don't, you know, and I'll speak for myself, you know, I know that I've struggled with it because I have wrestled or struggled with a internal validation piece that I didn't feel validated enough within that if I could externally make people happy, then that gave me the validation I need to, I needed to, um, identify myself and to, um, feel well about my interactions. And, you know, the more work that I pour into myself that I invest in becoming internally validated of my own opinion of myself and who, who I am, who I identify to be, um, which is Lauren, um, the more, I move away from people pleasing or from feeling this sense or this need to people please. I mean, more specifically, you know, I I know in some earlier episodes, I shared some significant issues that had happened with my neighbors in the area. And, you know, I think that the experiences that I went with them uh, actually really helped me a lot to kind of let go of needing to make them happy that people-pleasing tendency because I renewed or I revalidated myself and my own actions and what I had, you know, done, said, um, stood for. And I was comfortable with it and I was validated within myself. And, and you know, there's something that I repeat to myself off, often whenever I'm struggling or feeling a little off kilter, I'll say, I'm worthy, I'm capable, I'm deserving. And I'll repeat this over and over to myself. I'm worthy, I'm capable, I'm deserving. I'm worthy, I'm capable, I'm deserving. So I can kind of push out these thoughts of, you know, jealousy, really, because that's really what I think it comes down when it comes to friends or relationships with others is that, you know, maybe we're jealous of something in their lives or of a relationship they have with somebody else. And you know, we want to please them so that they'll be our friend more, they'll be our companion more, you know, whatever it is that we're trying to get from them. Because ultimately, the people-pleasing tendency is sort of a selfish tendency, although, not sort of, it is a selfish tendency, although we are, are, um, you know, doing for others and, and seemingly on the surface serving others, we're really serving ourselves so that we feel well. And I think when we can take the power out of serving others as a need to serve ourselves, and rather we are served first and simply when we're doing anything others for, for others, doing anything for others, we do it without any expectation of any return. We simply do it just out of the kindness and goodness of our own hearts. And so should they say even a thank you, it doesn't matter. We didn't do it for anything other than to be kind, not to get the validation for ourselves and, and not to get um, their uh, acceptance. And so I think that's been a really big lesson for me as I've you know, gotten older to you know, just feel well in my own skin, feel well in my own identity. And you know, I did a talk actually last night about identity and how I used to identify with the job that I had. 
you know, I was a, I was an officer in the Air Force, and it was just this job that commanded so much respect. People were like, wow, you're in the Air Force. And I derived so much identity from it. It defined me. And in that job, I think it taught me to people please because there's also such a hierarchical piece to that. I mean, you can look at our own society and there's hierarchical pieces to it. And maybe that's where some people pleasing is derived from. But, you know, now that I'm kind of in my own space creating, um, certainly I could say, oh, I am a social worker or I am a network marketer or I am all these things, but really I am Lauren and I am all kinds of things. Why be subservient to just the one thing? So I think this idea of people pleasing isn't just to people please to others, but even to ourselves, you know, being open to being many things and, and letting ourselves be creative and move sort of fluidly through life so that, you know, we can impact in a greater and more meaningful way. Anyways, I've, I've gone definitely micro to macro here, Sylvie. I have uh, pulled the lens out from tactical st- to strategic. Um, anything uh, stand out to you in what I just said, or, or does this make sense to you? Oh, yes, most definitely. I, um, I feel like we have to go through these stages within our own evolution to come to an understanding of who we are. And people-pleasing has been, uh, it's like almost a habit or a tendency that we form from a really early part of our childhood, and it kind of stays with us. And it can be helpful. Um, I think it can help us to gain friendships, to gain experiences. But if we always are getting that external validation to help us build that internal validation meter but have no introspection on it it's kind of hard because that people pleasing tendency may start to um i don't know it feels like it, it kind of controls you after a while and in in understanding where that people pleasing tendency comes from and stands in your life gives you the tool to have that inner reflection on to say huh, why do I do this people-pleasing? And maybe it is because my internal validation measure isn't up to par. And maybe it is because I don't tell myself enough that I'm worthy. And so if we use the people-pleasing tendency as a sign or a symptom of something that might be going on within us, I think it can be really helpful information. But if we're not using that people-pleasing tendency as a measurement, um, it can control us and then we're gonna we're kind of always setting ourselves up for feeling less than or not enough if things aren't going well on the outside right so um that that's just something that kind of came to mind as i was listening to you and um i'm really happy you brought up the idea of uh, your job and i i went through this myself um you know i worked as a physical therapist for about I graduated when I was 22. I think I started working when I was 23 and um, worked really, really hard. Got to a direct, a clinical director position when I was about 26. And for those whole five years of my job, I felt defined by my profession. I wasn't, I wasn't Sylvie. I was a physical therapist and my identity and worth and value came from how well I could get people better. And in my mind, it was my job and my responsibility. This is what I was trained for. This is what I went to school for. This is what I studied. So people aren't getting better, then it must be because of something I'm not doing or I'm not doing it right. Or I'm not, I wasn't born 
to do this or all those kind of thoughts come through. And so I would people please and try to fix every fix, quote unquote, um, and kind of had that mindset sometimes. And if people weren't getting well enough, um, I blamed myself and I, my whole identity started to become questioned. And I don't necessarily know if that was people pleasing in the sense where I was, it's like a, it's, it's people pleasing, but not like in a, oh my God, give me a compliment. It was people pleasing in the sense of, I need to be perfect in this profession because this is what I'm supposed to do. And if people aren't feeling happy and pleased, then I must be doing something wrong. Like it was kind of a very black and white sort of connection in my mind. And that's when I had to, I had to literally take time. And that's when I said, oh my God, I I don't know, now I look back on it in the moment, it was very profound when I was like, I am not my job. Like, there's more to me <clears throat> than my profession. But I didn't know what that meant. I didn't really understand. And it just was like this huge realization for me. So I actually, that's when I stepped away and I went and I traveled and I lived abroad for three years and, and did a lot of self-study, exploration, this and that. And it was awesome. It it started to, it gave me the time and the space and the tools I needed to recognize that there's more to this life than just um, my identity as a profession. And so I think the profession was a good example, Lauren, because um, I think many of us, you know, define ourselves through our purpose, which is beautiful and, and purposes is great. But if we take it to the point of um feeling like that's what we're supposed to be doing and that's it and that's the only reason why we're here and forgetting that there's a human component to it um, I think it can it can be a, a tricky road or feed into this idea this idea of people pleasing right um in which uh, I don't know it's it, it got to the point so so I'm gonna backtrack so then I came back and it's like okay now I have a better understanding of who I am and I'm happy to serve in my profession but I'm also able to recognize that it's not my job to fix other people. It's my job to equip them with skills and information and education. And if I show up and I do my best from what I know in any given moment, I'm feeling like I'm doing my job. And I'm taking that responsibility completely. I'm not putting on anybody or anything else outside of me, but I'm, I'm saying this is what I can offer. and This is my best. And if I don't know, I'll try, but I'm not going to feel like I'm a failure if I don't know because I only know what I know. And so it's helped me to um, kind of dig deeper into that internal validation to be like, okay, did you do your best? Are you trying? Are you committed? Are you present? Yes. Okay. If something's not going right, there's a bigger picture at hand here. And um, be honest with people, just be honest and, and do things from that intention to be true and, and, and honest and, and truthful and not from the perspective of, oh, are you better now so I can feel better? You know, and it's um interesting path to walk. So people pleasing can come out in our professions. Um, it can come out in wanting to do a good job. And I think that's all good things. Um, but yeah, that was a huge, huge people pleasing kind of tendency for me. And that was on a professional level. On a personal level and in relationships, it's different. I've had to recognize how to set boundaries within relationships to, to avoid people pleasing versus, you know, if if a friend wants anything from me, my I would never hesitate to not 
try to meet that demand or command or wish or whatever you want to call it. Um, but I would do it so easily without thinking about, is this what I want? Is this what I need? Um, or, or if I need something, having the confidence to also ask for help or to say how I feel. And so that's evolved over time. And I think what's helped me with that is having people in my life who mirror the same sort of respect for themselves. Um, and, uh, that's helped me to flex those internal validation muscles, if you will. You know, I think sometimes people pleasing may come from the environments that we're in, uh, the people that we're around. And if we're feeling like we're having trouble connecting or, or have us a, a weaker sense of self, if you will, um, it might drive a people pleasing tendency because we're all wired to want to connect. And so if we're, I don't know, if, if, if we're not in healthy situations and environments, I think it can exacerbate a people pleasing tendency sometimes because if that internal validation measure isn't strong and the desire to connect is there, um, we're going to do whatever we need to do to make that happen. So we may tend to over please. So, um, not only having those strong internal validation measures and boundaries within, but with those around you, I think can create really healthy connections. Um, so now I just went on my tangent and, uh, thanks for listening guys. I know it's a little early in the morning where I'm speaking. So I have a little bit of a just risen voice. Um, so he, now you're getting all shades of Sylvie here. I love this point you bring up about being a people pleaser and feeling like you need to fix people. Um, it's not that you, they're coming to you asking to be fixed, but it's like as a innate people pleaser or somebody who, you know, takes the world's problems on their shoulders, you feel like when people come to you, you need to be able to have solutions all the time. And so thus you're fixing things. And I completely resonate with that because yeah, I mean, honestly, I feel like that, that connects directly with attachment theory. When we have a secure attachment, we don't always feel like we have to fix things, but when we're kind of in that, um, all those different ones, you know, especially the ambivalent one, um, maybe not avoidant so much. Um, but I definitely feel like when we're in like this kind of insecure attachment space that we need to fix things because then it makes us feel like we've accomplished something or that we've, you know, um, asserted, you know, what we can to do, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'm not saying this right, but I think as, as healers too, or people that go into helping professions like, uh, being doctors or physical therapists or therapists, um, mental therapist, mental health therapist, and, and all these helping professions, you know, we, we, we want to provide solutions and that's not a bad thing. It's just recognizing, how it is depleting or feeding us. And I think that that's really a great insight that you have, Sylvie, about really connecting with people that mirror respect, the respect for themselves, you know, and, and then surrounding ourselves with the people that are mirroring respect for themselves that we should also have within ourselves. Um, it makes me think about this kind of concept. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of, heard of it, but we are the sum total of the five people that we surround ourselves with. 
And so whether you're, you know, falling backwards or you're staying neutral or you're gaining strides forward in your life, it it really can be reflected in the people that you surround yourself with. And, you know, I think uh, when we are people pleasers, we aren't necessarily picking the people to surround ourselves with that are going to help propel us forward. Instead, we're picking people that, you know, either are pulling us down or are keeping us in our comfort zone uh, or that maybe we feel a little bit above. So um, it helps us kind of stay in the same space. Um, you know, but what people are you surrounding yourself with to kind of pull you up so that you're, you know, kind of pulling yourself out of this people pleasing space and more, you know, looking internally to how it is you can improve yourself or how it is you could change things or adjust things or you know, work through things, whatever, whatever it is in your life. Um, I definitely think I've been very conscious about who I keep company with. And I think it has a lot to do with who I choose to stay close with and who I don't, because who we spend time with has a very incredible impact on the person we are and are becoming or or not becoming. And so I think that's just really important. So I just wanted to bring up those two points that I heard you talking about, about fixing things or fixing others and recognizing that we we don't need to be in that space. Really, we need to be looking inward on how we can adjust and change. And I don't want to say fix ourselves because I don't think there's ever any fixing to be done, but there are adjustments to be made. Um, and, you know, that directly correlates with the people that we're choosing to spend time with and kind of taking a look inward on why we're choosing to be with those people, you know, are they actually beneficial to us? I don't, I don't say that to, to say that, you know, people are a means to an end, not by any stretch. Um, but that the people that we keep company with are very important to take, um, take account of. Wow. Yeah. This is also good. So insightful to just like kind of look inward. So be any parting thoughts for you or things that, uh, have come up in this conversation that you want to make sure you've clarified or um, brought up to our audience? All great points, Lauren. And yes, always good to talk these things out because I think people pleasing has so many different layers and complexities to it. And it's not just a black and white, like, oh, this is why I do it. And this is what happens. This is how I'm going to stop. Like it can come in all different forms um, and shapes in sizes based on the context of the relationship so in a professional setting which we talked a lot about tonight um, you can see how that plays out in our families and friends um, going back to the idea of attachment theory and either feeling secure or um, ambivalent can dictate how well we're able to kind of check our people pleasing tendencies i think in relationships And I guess what it all boils down to, right, is if we can identify how our behaviors of people-pleasing can result in this short-term sort of good feeling and sense of security in the world, and then outweigh that against the deterioration that it can cause internally over time if we're doing things just to please others, I think at some point you start to ask yourself, like, why am I doing this? Or other emotions may come up, resentment, anger, bitterness, um, frustration, even depression, which is like another form of anger turned inwards. 
Um, if you know you're starting to experience these signs and symptoms in the context of relationships and you know you have this people-pleasing tendency, I think it's a good red flag to kind of check yourself and then exploring a little bit deeper. Where do these feelings of people-pleasing come from? Does it come from not valuing yourself, so feeling like you have to prove your worth? Does it come from this idea of feeling like you don't deserve enough or um, you're not capable of... Um, one I suffered from a lot professionally was this idea of imposter syndrome, like, oh my God, I'm going to be found out that I, I I don't know what I'm doing. So I need to like please others to kind of avoid or mask that. Um, and so getting really curious as to where the belief comes from, checking that behavior, and then working from the inside out on that way and making adjustments in how you approach situations. And I think having those mantras that you said, Lauren, like I am worthy, I am capable, I am deserving, helps to set the tone. And then making adjustments in how you react and respond to things and people and situations and making sure you're doing things that feel honest and truthful and right from from you or for you I should say so making sure you're moving from an authentic place is kind of the next step and that requires a lot of the things we've talked about right like taking time taking space taking a breath making sure you're checking your mind and your body and it starts to like coalesce all these things um and that's why I think it's such a journey because then from there you can make sure you're acting from an authentic place and not from a place of people pleasing and the anxiety that can come attached with that may start to fade. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's such a layered process, right, when you, when you say it like that. But I think having an awareness of what people-pleasing is, the repercussions of continuing to do it, and the frustrations that it leads to, and then checking them is... Um, not something that has to be fixed. This is, I love how you said that. I don't think anything needs to be fixed, but using this idea of adjusting, adjusting how you approach, adjusting how you perceive, adjusting um, how you relate, and just adjusting the angle to make sure that it's coming from that authentic space and not this people-pleasing space or um, adjusting so it's coming from a secure attachment from within and not an insecure attachment from without and that's where the work comes into play and it's really interesting to share these stories um with with others with with ourselves and have those conversations and um you know I've had those conversations with the company I keep with my really close friends such as yourself Lauren and um I think when you have the the people that you surround yourself with and they mirror that self-respect we can have this have these discussions and kind of uh, say oh my god I can't believe you felt that way and this is how I felt and you know you can start to get feedback in a sense where you're like oh wow I really don't need to continue to please this person because that's not why they have me in their life you know I, I go through um examples like this all the time when I'm forming close relationships if I feel like, oh my God, I'm sorry, I didn't make time for you to do this, and um, I should have been there, and then I have friends who will respond like, oh no, like we understand you're busy, you have your time, and you didn't do anything disrespectful, and we still love you, and I'm like, oh okay, and and it's helped me to kind of check myself, and 
So being able to be open and have this with people in your life, I think can uh, set the breeding ground for creating confidence and, and owning um, your authenticity, if you will. Um, not to say you have to do that in all relationships, but I know that's been um, kind of a groundbreaking practice, if you will, like speaking out loud to it and then realizing that it's this uh, tendency within my own mind that that kind of sets the tone for my perception. So if I can check that out loud in the dynamic of friendships and family and even even I've even done that with my own patient sometimes I'm like oh my god I'm so sorry I know I'm rushing around and I'm busy I didn't mean to ignore you and I know that's coming from a people-pleasing tendency and I'll have patients even say to me like oh no I don't feel that way Sylvie I know you're busy I respect your time and I'm like oh okay thank you and and I'm like yeah that's right like you know I'm operating from that place and so I have to kind of call myself out on it still but um I guess those are my closing points and Thanks all for listening and tuning in and um, love to hear your feedback on this. And um, yeah, it's it's something that I think we can't expect to just go away, but it's something that if we acknowledge it drives us, we can adjust and uh, pivot and make different uh, changes to help us feel more, to help us, to guide us towards that more secure attachment and internal validation within so i'll leave it to you lauren let's wrap this one up it's been a great discussion and happy to hear your closing thoughts i love everything you just said oh my goodness yes i mean that is really the best way to culminate this entire conversation i really at the end of this i'm just thinking about the most recent relationships that i was starting to build and I think it was, you know, it, they didn't all go so great. Um, the relationships aren't like these thriving friendships or anything. But I think what they taught me um, were so much more valuable, you know, that um, I can let go quicker, that I don't have to have this people-pleasing tendency on myself, that I am doing enough and I don't have to take the weight of whatever the people around me, new or old or whatever, um, onto my shoulders because... You know, I think in this space, in this time, I've become so much more self-validated and, um, you know, just secure in who it is that I am. And uh, <clears throat> even though I'm locked down in Germany and I feel sort of isolated sometimes and I'm not, you know, incredible friends with my neighbors as I wish that I was, um, man, the gains that I've made, though, are just so incredible for myself, for um being just wholly and completely within me just so strong and and so well and you know I think it's it's really such a cool thing when we are curious because then we can see the strides that we make and we can celebrate those and um, we can make the adjustments rather than taking on the world and feeling overwhelmed by it because none of us need to be fixed we just need to be curious and to make adjustments and, and be open to change. That's ultimately what I think it is. And so, oh, what, again, a fabulous conversation. I just had to share that last, like, kind of um, hooray for me as I recognized it uh, when Sylvie was talking. And I was just kind of going through my memory banks. And, um, 
yeah, I'm super, super stoked for the space of life that I'm in. I hope that you're also in a space where you're being curious, you're adjusting and ready for change um, because it brings you such a fulfillment from within. And, you know, actually, I'll share one more thing. I, I um, When I started my own business, um, I created sort of, you know, a, a tagline. Um, of course, I have the mantras uh, that Sylvie brought up again that I shared earlier about um, being worthy, being deserving, being capable. Um, but my tagline for my business is, is building a life or creating a life that is joyful, driven, authentic, and fulfilled. And that's like the measuring stick or the what I use to sort of say, okay, where am I at and, and have I come further? And I think oftentimes we don't use an appropriate measuring stick for our lives. A lot of times it's money or it's um, titles. We don't actually get curious in our own lives to say, what is it? What's the tagline of my life? And, you know, I created a business and so it's a tagline in my business, but really it's a tagline in my life because my my business is my life um, or my life is my business. I guess I should say it that way. And I really love that because then, the title that defines me is is me, is Lauren, because I want the people that join the work that I'm doing to do life with me. I want them to join because they see something within me that that they're like, I want that too. And so I'm creating a joyfully driven, authentically fulfilled life. Oh, yeah. I've made big, big strides, big gains, and I'm, I'm grateful for this conversation to kind of say it out loud and to own it, to recognize it. People-pleasing can be such a journey, and um, I don't want to say that we should ever abhor it within ourselves. I think there's goodness from it, but it can be damaging when we aren't curious and ready to adjust and change. So... Hopefully you guys have had just as much goodness from this conversation as we have. Love bringing you guys so much that's going on within us, for us, around us, um, because it really is just a two-way conversation, you know, between Sylvie and I, but also for those of you out there listening. So from Sylvie and Lauren, this is Embodied Experience. Until next time. Thank you.